This is the Mouthpiece Podcast. This is your host, Ezra, with your co-host, Jade. Say what's up. Sip. There you go. Off to a great, glorious, magnificent start. Magnificent fight this week. A magnificent. And I know people are saying that it's not being uh, promoted enough. You know what? I'm done past all that. I'm done past all that. It, the bo- it, boxing community, right? Not the community. The promoters. The businessmen. Everyone behind it. ESPN. If they can't see. The suits. The suits. The suits. Exactly. If they can't see the value in boxing, right? They can't see the value that Jake Paul, right? Just because he has a storyline. And Logan Paul, just because he has some kind of storyline. And, and Floyd Mayweather and all these things that people will buy in. They like a fight. And especially when they have something rooting interest in it. So if you're not going to put the promotion behind it, well, then I don't know what to say. But I know that I'm in, all in on this fight. Because I personally went out of my way to get any, gain an interest on this fight. But I'm talking about Jose Ramirez versus Josh Taylor. I'm talking about the undisputed one forte. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. One hundred, The undisputed one forte king. And that's where we're at now. And this is where we're, this is going to settle it. This is going to decide who the best at 140 is. There's no questions after this. This is rare in boxing that we get this. Now, just because, you know, the, the general audience doesn't know, I'm not going to let that uh, diminish. Just because people are going to watch or whatever, I'm not going to let that diminish what I feel. What I feel is excitement. What I feel is emotion. I feel all these things because this is what the fighting business is about. Two guys from completely different parts of the world going together, matching whatever they learned from the style, from their background, and how they grew up. That's in their style, what they learned, all the techniques, all leading to this moment. They're both in their prime, and we're going to know who the best is at 140 pounds. Let's get to it. We got Jose Ramirez, Josh Taylor. And Jose Ramirez, right, ex-Olympian. Uh, are we doing stats? Well, yeah. Okay, so let's get to stats before I get into this. Here we go, Jade, with the stats. Thank you. <laughs> Jose Ramirez, nicknames JCR, height horrible nickname. Five ten. You don't even have a nickname, and you didn't have one when you were the boxing. Mountain lion. Yeah, but like that wasn't an official nickname. Like that's just one you gave yourself off of your like what Xbox. Like, anyways, uh, reach seventy two and a half. He's American. He's twenty eight years old. Orthodox total fights twenty six wins twenty six wins by knockout seventeen losses zero. Were you gonna pull the mic for me? No, I was gonna tell you the next guy. God damn, um, <laughs> he's from Michoacan. That's just like a fun word to say, Michoacan. Like no one's ever said Michoacan and then felt sad after. Well, yeah, it's a very beautiful part of Mexico. I didn't know that. I've never been in Mexico. I don't want to get my head cut off. Okay, okay th- but that's very rude to say. Why is that rude to say? That are there cartels in Mexico? Are there cartels in the U.S.? Yes. Yeah, but where are the cartels from, though? You know what? Not, people people I don't get care. shot like right down the street. What you, right on our street. What do you mean? What do you mean? These you, are could the, get, you could get killed right These are the, the rough streets of Covina. Yeah, this is the way I grew up. So I'm sorry if it shocks you. Oh, <laughs> oh, you always are... I, every time I crack a joke and say that this isn't as safe as Silver Lake, you're like, oh, what are you talking about? Covina? We're like the next Pasadena. And clearly, if you've ever been to Pasadena, I mean, and well, Pasadena or Covina, clearly Covina is not the next Pasadena. It is the next Pasadena. No, Mark my words. In 100 years from now, they'll be like, oh okay, my God. Okay, you're not even going to be around in 100 years. Yeah, but it'll be the, the same. It don't matter. It would be Pasadena at that point. It would be what Pasadena is now. No, it's not. 
It would never be. It's coming quick. No, it's okay. We're offering these people don't even know where the hell convenient. Well, maybe they do. They just Google. It's not that hard. Just yeah, Google. but it's not even it's just not even the the, the the topic of conversation right now. There are cartels in Mexico. I'm sorry to okay. break it to oh, you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Now you want to interrupt me and go back to boxing when the last time we had a podcast debate, what was it about Michael Jackson? You went on forever. And I was right about that. Michael Jackson's overrated. Okay, okay here we go. Josh Taylor. You're you're overrated. Some people would agree with that. Most people. All right. So Josh Taylor, nicknames the tornado. Oh wait. What? The Tartan Tornado. That. 510. Reach is 69 and a half. He's Scottish. He's 30 years old. He has total of 17 fights, 17 wins, wins, or 13 wins by knockout, and zero losses. And let's see. Um, oh, he's been arrested and charged with a threat. Wait. With behaving in a threatening, abusive manner. That doesn't, that's it's probably not going to go well for him being a boxer, you know? He's going to fit right in. Like, oh, you're a boxer, you're aggressive. Yeah, I feel like that fits right in for his, uh, for his career. I mean, like, that's exactly what he'd have to be, is aggressive. I mean, not saying it's a good thing, but I'm just saying, like, I think if there's one part of your career that's benefited being aggressive, it's probably boxing. I have a lot of different ways I could respond to that, but we're going to get back to the podcast. Oh, he's Southpaw, by the way. Perfect. So this gets to the fight. Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez. I broke down this fight. I scouted this fight. It's a big fight. I want to really get into it, right? But when it comes down to it, right, when it comes down to this fight, Josh Taylor is just a superior fighter to Jose Ramirez. And that's, I'm not putting down Jose Ramirez. He's a damn good fighter. But Josh Taylor could be special. I, I really believe that. I really believe that Josh Taylor is a special fighter. And I think that when he fights uh, the Progress fight, which was a majority decision, right, which means that people had it close, the fight wasn't really close. Like, to me, it was pretty one-sided. Now, did he have a swollen eye at the end of it? Yes. Was he in a fight? Yes, he was in a fight. Progress is so good that even if you beat him, you know you're in a fight. And Jose Ramirez might make Josh Taylor know that he's in a fight. But I think that Josh Taylor... Is there's another level that he can reach now? There's not gonna be another level of reach, as in he's gonna get faster, he's gonna get more powerful. No, but there is a level of boxing that Josh Taylor has an element that he can now add, and it's gonna be discipline in the ring, not discipline in training. He comes in shape, not discipline outside life. I'm talking about discipline in the ring, I'm talking about keeping a strategy, uh, putting a strategy in place and keeping it, uh, adding, adding a new element, right, of a boxer puncher. Because Josh Taylor is super talented, super uh, alert in the rings, super athletic, super balanced. He could do a lot of amazing things. He's southpaw. He's just, he's he just has it right. And, but because he's from Europe and all that, he's kind of overlooked. But I think that with the right training, when now he has Ben Davidson. Now I know a lot of people want to talk bad about Ben Davidson, right? Because he says some things. I guess that you know people find skeptical or whatever. But he knows boxing. And if you don't think Ben Davidson knows boxing, well, then I have to question whether you know boxing. And he's got Ben Davidson favors a boxing style. And the thing with Josh Taylor is that's the one thing that he's lacking. Because he could be talked into a war, right? He could be. Now, if him in a war is much different looking than like a Trogati in a war or Mickey Ward in a war, it doesn't look like that. It's still uh, a lot of distance, a lot of timing. Um, it's still him picking his shots. It's still perfect placement with his legs. It's all those things. 
but it's still in a war where he still could get hit going back, right? Well, if he eliminates that part, right, where he doesn't give you the opportunity and he fights a little smarter and knows when to step out the thing, you talk about a guy that's going to be, to me, once he beats Jose Ramirez, he's unbeatable by 140, right? There isn't a guy that could beat him at 140. And, I'm, you know, people tanks at 140 now. It, he, I don't expect Tank to be there long. He's not a big guy for 140, and Josh Taylor is huge for 140. Now, let's get to Jose Ramirez, right? What is he bringing to the table? Now, I say that Josh Taylor is a superior fighter, and I truly believe that. But that doesn't necessarily mean, right, that, you know, I, well, first of all, I could be wrong, right? I could be wrong that Jose Ramirez is actually the superior fighter. That's the beauty of this, is that I'm going to give you my opinion what I'm seeing, but I, I, I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. And Jose Ramirez can come in with something that I was not noticing watching on film, right? I wasn't noticing things that he was doing. But let's see, what, what does Jose Ramirez like to do? Well, he's super aggressive. He's super bouncing on his legs. Like, his legs are just, they're, they're movement 24-7, right? He's super bouncing on his legs. Except when he gets on the inside. When he gets on the inside, he really plants. He's kind of, he's straight flat-footed, actually, when he gets on the inside. And he looks to punch. He goes to the body. His left hand is busy. His left hand, body to head, body to head, body to head, repeat. Right, he usually another thing I notice is he falls to one side. If he moves his head, he always ends on his left side. Now he does have all right hand movement, right? He does move his head, but it's not too. The only problem is a lot of guys do this is they move their head, but they don't have the leg movement to go with it to get on the inside after someone misses. So when he moves his head, he's looking for you to overstep, and when you overstep into his territory, he makes you pay. He's very good at that. But another thing he does mistake wise is he falls back, his head pulls straight back, and he loses over the balance. So a lot of guys when they lose balance when they're boxing is they go over the front knee. Well, he goes past his butt with his knee, with his head. I'm sorry. And that means he's off balance. That means that if he eats something, he's gonna either fall or he's gonna eat all of it because he's nowhere to go with it, nowhere to ride off it. Bad positioning, doesn't have his legs underneath him, so it could really do damage. Right? A lot of the uh, parts of taking a good punch is having the balance in your legs underneath you to over able to sh the shock absorb it to take it to take the shot and he doesn't make that mistake but what does he do good right what does he do good he's got a uh he's got a strong jab um he's got a good a good guard he has a real good guard actually he, he fights with a guard at a distance similar to like somewhat what delahoya does not you know not as good as delahoya's guard but good guard right it's a it's a good guard one it um when it's in place, he doesn't really mix his offense and defense that well. He does mix, like, if he goes offense, he usually loses his defense. But if he goes defense, right, and you're moving, he moves his head, he can work very good off of that. Um, he's super aggressive. He's busy. He's super busy in the fight. He's durable. He takes shots. He's never been hurt. But he has been outboxed. And Pasto outboxed him. And Jose Cepeda outboxed him. That's happened twice. I can't look past that. What Ramirez is going to have to do in this fight, to me, is walk through some big shots. He's going to have to apply his talent with his will, right? He's going to have to walk shots, take shots, then give shots. And he's going to have to, he's going to be tested, right, in a way that with his style, that after you go through, usually through performance like this, there's not really much great performances past it. I really think that's where the point where Jose Ramirez is to win this fight. But if he wins this fight, he's a unified 140-pound champ, which is very rare in boxing. Now, belts don't matter to me, right? Belts don't matter unless you have them all. Then there's no other champions. You are the guy. That's what Jose Ramirez has a shot at. This is why they, they, when you got into boxing, this is what they dream of, right? And you got two guys here that maybe people don't know. 
but they are the, the cream of the crop at their weight. They are in their primes, and they are going to meet. On Saturday, we are going to find out who the best is. That's what boxing is. It's who is the best. We are going to know. All answers will be revealed Saturday. I'm going with Josh Taylor. I expect Josh Taylor to put on a masterpiece performance. I really do. I expect him to box, brawl, show elements of his game that hasn't uh, been seen before, and I expect a little more defensive side of him at moments that is going to put him right up there with the elite because I think Josh Taylor is going to be a problem for people. And like I said last year, the winner of this fight is going to fight Terrence Crawford because Terrence Crawford's got one more fight left. And Top Rank's going to want to get some kind of payday out of this with Terrence Crawford. I hear that name a lot. A lot. You always talk about Terrence Crawford. Is he old? Terrence Crawford is 33 years old, I believe. And he's probably the best, the second best fighter in boxing. Maybe third or second best fighter in boxing. But he's gone stagnant because there's not a lot of, no opponents for him to fight right now. Mm. Because he can't get anyone to come fight him, basically. Or he can't get the fight to go fight the best guys at his weight class. So the winner of this fight will probably move up and fight Terrence Crawford, right? Also another option is the winner of this fight stays at that weight and they wait for Teofimo Teofimo to come, Teofimo Lopez. There's a big fight for the winner of this, either up or at the same weight. But there's a big fight here that they're waiting for. This is for everything. This is for a massive payday. This is for the fame, the title, the big fight versus the star. This is it. This is everything is on the line for this fight. I'm going with Josh Taylor. I think it's going to be the performance. I'm very confident in it. I think that he is going to look like the superior fighter in this fight. Let's get to the co-main event. We got Cepeda versus Hammering Hank Lundy. Will we have stats for this? Jose Cepeda. Who I actually met before and he's a really cool guy. How'd you meet him? Ah, oh, we had we had we had a meal with uh, mutual friends. Oh, ew. Anyways, um, <laughs> you think it's funny? I know you do. You better. Uh, nickname. Chon. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, I thought that was like a Spanish word. <laughs> Height is 5'8", reach is 70 and a half. He's American. He's 31. He's from Long Beach, Southpaw. Total fights, 37 wins, 33 wins by knockout, 26. Losses, 2 and no contest, 2. His opponent is Hank Lundy. Hank Lundy. That reminds me of Dexter. Because there's a guy named Lundy. And Henry Hank Lundy. His nickname is Hammerin. Hammerin. <laughs> Not Hammerin. <laughs> he's 5'7", 68. His reach is 68. He's American. He's 37 from Pennsylvania. His stance is orthodox. Total of 40 fights. Wins 31. Wins by knockout 14, losses 8, and draws 1. This fight is kind of put together because the opponent, uh, Cepeda's original opponent, uh, wasn't approved by the commission. Um, Hank Lundy's a veteran in the sport. Uh, definitely 
just a journeyman, never really a serious contender to the title. At one point, was considered like somewhat of a prospect, right? Like a, a dark horse prospe- uh, prospect. Never really played out. Uh, he's a little chinny. He has like maybe the talent that like people I see, like people could see it, right? You see him, you fight, he's really fast. Good uh, reflexes. Uh, has some pop to him. And you kind of watch him and you'd be like, well, why doesn't this work? Right, why isn't he winning? Why isn't he more effective? And you watch Cepeda, and Cepeda is, you know, he's he's definitely like he Cepeda's looking like to box at a distance. He's looking to counter punch. Um, some of the things he does, like he loses his legs, his shots, but he doesn't look like he hits that hard. But he has a lot of pop. You know, it doesn't look like he's that fast, but he puts shots on like he did a Jose Ramirez. It's funny, like what Cepeda looks like when he comes to the ring, right? Like his speed. His power doesn't look like much, and then it's super effective. And then you got Lundy, who looks all those things, and he has the speed, and it looks like he, he is pop, but he doesn't win fights. And he, he ends up, you know, getting stopped or stuff like that. And it, it's funny going to this fight that I think early in this fight that Lundy will look like the more talented fighter early in this fight because I think they're both looking kind of to do the same thing early, is that they're aggressive counterpunchers, right? Like Cepeda doesn't mind being in a, in a fight, but he just needs you to lead. He, he wants to lead you into some traps, right? That's like his game. He wants to lead you into some traps. Lundy is kind of looking for that. It's kind of aggressive, but kind of like looking to counter with explosive shots. Everything Lundy does is the same speed. though. Like he just does everything at the same speed. He's undisciplined. He stays in front of you, waits too long. And he's on a two-fight win streak. They're trying to rebuild him, right? They got him back to this fight that they probably didn't see coming at all. Right, they didn't see this fight coming at all, but it's there. It's a, it's a big opportunity for Lundy, um, Cepeda. This is top rate showing that they, you know, they're trying to build him a little bit, and I expect that Cepeda to probably get a shot uh, with Tiafimo. When Tiafimo moves up, I expect Cepeda to be his opponent, if not the winner, is Cepeda to fight the winner of the, uh, Ramirez versus Taylor. Right, so there's there's a big things ahead of Cepeda, and he's been waiting his whole career for someone to just really buy into. Uh, everything that he he's bringing, and he brings a lot, and he was in the fight of the year last year. And Lundy is the guy that maybe people bought into, but he never could get over the hump, right? This, this is a crossroads fight. If it ever been a crossroads fight, I think Lundy's gonna look to me early competitive. It's gonna be a competitive fight early, and Lundy might look like the more talented fighter early, but later on, right where he stays too long, he jumps in too much, he. Uh, gets too aggressive, Cepeda will make him pay. And he will catch him with a big shot, and he will hurt him, and he will change the, like I always say, he will change the momentum of this fight. And Hank Lennon will be stopped by Cepeda. But I expect this to be competitive early. And I think maybe people get, who Cepeda fan base will be a little bit worried early on this fight. But Cepeda is a, is a very talented fighter. He makes little mistakes that he could tidy, I, I, you know, I would like for him to tidy up, but I think that Early, those mistakes may, you know, be a little costly early, but later on in the fight, when it goes to, you know, where Cepeda believes in himself, Lundy has failed before, and he will feel like those failures come up and sneak up, and I think they will swallow him whole. And I expect Cepeda to win this fight by a late round stop, a late uh, fight stoppage. And, you know, big things ahead, really, honestly. There's just good opportunities for him. Cepeda, this is a guy that, you know, I've talked to, you know, I've talked to him. The guy didn't think he was going to get the shot again he didn't think that he that he thought he had missed his you know had missed the i guess the, you know the wave he had missed it he had missed his chance 
And look, at, he's in position at the top ranks, put him on the co-main event because they believe in him, because they know that this guy has some talent and they're, they're trying to get behind him on this weight and there's just going to be a big fight for him. If it's Tiafimo, the winner, Josh Taylor, there's a big fight ahead for Cepeda if he wins this fight. But how much? How many times does someone get disappointed right before their big opportunity? This is a scary fight now. It's a risky fight, especially early. Now let's go over to the UFC. We have Rob Font versus Cody Garbrandt. Do we have stats? What's his Cody what? I, I, I love that, you know, when you have a co-host, right? A lot of people like co-hosts that are watching or, you know, talking trash with you. But I like the ones that say, Cody, what? But here we go. We got Rob Font. Is it Rob? Because it keeps saying it keeps sounding like you're saying raw. Yeah, my mouth doesn't work correctly. I know. Font. Yeah, raw font. I live with you. I yeah, you it doesn't, it doesn't, I know. It doesn't work. I know correctly. your mouth doesn't work right. That was kind of bad, huh? I didn't mean it like that. I meant okay. when you talk. It's okay. That's weird. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, Roberto Font. He's 33. He's from Massachusetts. He's obviously American, 5'8", 135 pounds, 71 and a half reach, orthodox. He's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu and a white Mongol in Muay Muay Thai. He is, he has a total of 22 Fights, 18 wins, 8 wins by knockout, and 4 losses. Okay, the next opponent is Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt. That's a hard name to remember. Yeah, I know. Is this? That's it. Cody Garbrandt? Mm -hmm. Okay. Just checking. Just checking. He's 29. Nicknames, no love. Stupid nickname. (laughs) Again, you didn't have one. American, he's 5'7", 135 pounds. His reach is 65 and a half. He's from Sacramento, California. He has... All right, so his MMA record, he has a total of 15 fights, 12 wins, 10 wins by knockout, and three losses. This fight is an excellent, excellent matchup. And uh, to be honest, like, I mean, of course, the UFC always has great matchups, right? But to me, this is like probably one of my favorite matchups so far of the year, uh, for as far as like MMA. It's because it's two guys, right, that are are looking to stand up, which you know that I favor. Right? I favor a good stand up fight, um, and they're two guys that they're looking to stand up, right? But one guy fights at one speed. And he uses that, he has a mentality of that speed, right? His speed and his mentality are different. As in Rob Font, it fights at a, he's a slower guy. Rob Font's a slower guy in this fight. But he picks his shots, and he's more patient, and he's more calmer, right? And you got Cody, who's fast. Like, he's like a race car. Fast hands, combinations, super aggressive, and he is not patient. If he lands on you, he wants to finish the fight. Now, he's working on controlling it because everything that's gotten him in trouble has been his demeanor. He loses himself in the ring. So he's gotten knocked out by guys that are lesser fighters than him. Because the skills that we talk about are always speed, power, you know, uh, precision, all these things, right? But we don't ever talk about the mental part of it. And Cody Garbrandt, like, mentally is weak. That's just the, that's just the facts of it. He's mentally a weak 
person. Now, the guy that always reacts, right, the guy that you can easily make mad and is always ready to throw down, that that is a mentally weak person. Okay. What? Say that again. So the guy that always wants to fight off the drop of the hat, the guy that the thing, that's a mentally weak person. That's the person that is not in control of their emotions. That is a weakness. Now, we don't mm, talk okay, about that. what you're saying. Yeah, we don't talk about that as a weakness, right? We always say, like, look at that guy. He's ready to fight anyone. He's not afraid of anyone. That is not necessarily a strength, right? Now, it also depends how you use it, I would say, right? Mike Tyson, right, his aggression benefited him at times, and at times it didn't. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially if there was a success, well, then that aggression turned into self-hate. Right. Well, Cody Garbrandt, like I'm going to say right now, his weakness is he's mentally weak. Because skill-wise, a stand-up, when it comes to the hands, he's top five to me, hands-wise. At one point, I thought he may have been the the best boxer in May. Raw Font is right there now, hands-wise. But he doesn't have the speed, doesn't have the talent like that. But he's patient. He's controlled. If he's hurt, he doesn't panic. If he's hit, he doesn't think, oh, I have to get him back right now. He thinks like, let me find my shot. Let me get in there. But I know that if I land, I'm going to put you to sleep. Another thing about Cody, he's a little chinny. Ralph Font, I haven't seen him hurt yet. I've seen him hit, but I haven't seen him hurt. There's going to be a point in this fight where we start off where Cody's going to be flurring. And he's going to land. I have 100% faith that Cody's going to land in this fight. But Rob's going to land too. And I think there's a point where they're exchanging and Rob Font, who's more patient, truly uh, believes in his power, right? And there's a part where Cody land, gets landed on and he wants to respond. And he's going to have to fight back all those demons that are telling him, go get him now. And he's going to say, no, I need to pick my spots. We're going to see if Cody has that because Rob Font's going to put that to the test. And I think that if you're exchanging and Cody fights out of aggression and there's shots that should be held back, it should be thought about. Cody's not going to do that. And I think Rob Font is going to do that. And he's going to pick his shots. And he's going to land the perfect placement, which I could see as very well as a, you know, um, a straight left, an uppercut. He's very, he's uppercut down the middle. Is, you know, because he gets to the inside, he's very patient, right? He lands an uppercut. And I think he can end the fight. I don't see this fight going to decision. This fight's going to be a KO. It's going to be a knockout. I'm going to pick Rob Font. I think Rob Font's has found his groove. He's found his confidence. His mental game, though, in the ring, I think it's going to be it's going to be uh, the ultimate uh, the ultimate skill here using the in the cage. And I also want you to pay attention to how heavy his jab is because he has a heavy jab. And in a sport that doesn't really use the jab, but when someone does have it, it really stands out. Rafan has a heavy jab. I expect this to be a good fight. I expect Cody to you know, at least try to be more patient, right? At least try to put it all together. But it's the guy that's already been knocked out cold. Even if he has that, how long does the chin last against Rafa, who, once he hits everyone, they go to sleep? I don't pick Rafa in this fight. And I will be talking about this later when we talk about putting our bets in. This is a fight that I'm very interested in. Let me go to the co-main event on this one. And we, we don't have to do uh, stats on this one because I'll just go through it real quick. Now, you know how I mess up names. You know how I mess up foreign names. I think it's like a, a signature of this show. Is Jan Shannon? <laughs> There's no chance I got that right. Versus Carla Esparza. I got that right. I got that right. Now, let's talk about Jan. She's She's got a straight-up stance. She's aggressive. Her stand-up is she punches the kill. She kicks the kill. She, she's looking to, to do some damage when she strikes. 
and I think that, uh, you know, people have like a mindset to say like, I can win a decision or anything. She's not thinking of winning a decision. She thinks I need to beat the hell out of you for three to five rounds, whatever you put in there. And if I happen to get the decision because of it, I will take it. That's what she's thinking. She's looking to stand up. She's got some trips in her game. She's they, but she's not looking to go to the ground. Carla Esparza, she wants to go to the ground and she's getting better in her age. And she's like a, you know, people stay in fighting long enough, right? Even if they don't have the skills or talent or anything like that, or not skills, but talent, right? To do something, they can get crafty. Carla Esparza is crafty and she's a little more skilled than we think. Now, is her stand-up good enough to survive against Jan? Not for long. She could probably stand up in spurts, but she needs to stay on her, get a hold of her leg, get a takedown. Uh, Carlos Paz is very aggressive with her takedowns. Very aggressive once she gets a body part. She likes it. If she gets a leg, she's going to hold it. If she gets an arm, she's going to hold it. She, whatever she gets, she's going to hold, and she's going to look to hold you down. I think she might have some success in this fight. But the point is, is when she doesn't and they have to get back up, how bad is the damage going to be when she's standing? I think it's going to be too much. I think she's going to lose the decision in this fight. And I think it'll just be mainly because the stand-up part, portions of it are going to be so in favor of Jan that Carlos... When she gets to the ground, she, she'll be effective, but how much of a beating she takes, how is she going to look at the end of this fight? I expect Jan to win a decision. Now, the, the counter would be Carla takes her down over and over and over again, and I think that could be possible. This is a very good fight. I stood away from the bets for a reason, because I don't know how it's going to play out. But I will take Jan to win because I think she'll be more, way more effective in the stand-up than Carla's going to be on the ground. Yeah. Can we just get to it? The favorite segment. Big money, real bets. You better believe it. You better believe it. Now, I am at 1,485,000. Now, from a million, still pretty impressive. But from 400,000, where I lost to, right? Where I got all the way to 400,000, where I was out there just struggling. That was a bad week. That week, you were like debating on not even doing the podcast anymore. I was questioning myself. But you know what I did? I persevered. I persevered like a fighter who was on a two-fight losing streak. And he's like, oh, I just got slept. And he got slept again twice. And I was like, can I even, my chin even take it anymore? And it turns out my chin could take it because I'm back. So let's get to the fights. And I'm betting big Josh Taylor Ramirez, right? I'm going 300K. And 300K on this fight is pretty insane because this is people. most people feel this is like a toss-up fight. The, the odds bettors don't, though, because they got a minus 245. But I bet 300k to win 122k on Josh Taylor. I just think he's a superior fighter. I think after we see this, we're gonna people are gonna truly see the talent that he has. Now let's go to Rob Font over Garbrandt. I'm betting the mind. I'm betting the power. I'm betting 50k at minus 115 toss up fight. It's literally the odds are even to win 43k. Watch this fight. Watch the battle of minds in this fight the battle of who's good, who's thinking when someone loses their control and the other guy doesn't that's what you're watching here if garbrandt can finally control it right let's see how he does if he's controlled on it that's what we always wanted to see nothing was more controlled than when he fought dominic cruz but we noticed one thing about Dominic cruz doesn't hit hard maybe he never really pissed him off when he landed font does hit hard let's see how that that stirs him up then we're gonna go to edmund over Hermanson, I think that's how you say his name. Hermanson, I have no idea, right? This is the UFC undercard. Uh, Edmund is a Juroku with decent stand-up. Trains with Ronda Rousey's old trainer. You know who people are pretty skeptical about. Um, he was looking like a world beater coming up. 
uh, hem, her, it's kind of a crossroad fight. Well, I don't even know crossroad because both the guys are coming off kind of losses. But Edmund was a top prospect considered to be, you know, a threat at, at, at um, 185. Let's see if he get back there. He's still in top 10. With if with this win, he'd be top 10. It's not that hard to me personally at the, not the deepest weight class at 185. I just think that the, what Herm, Hermanson wants to do, Edmund could defend because of the judo. And Hermanson looks for kind of like high body locks. And I just think that he's going to defend then. And Edmund's going to be so much better than the stand-up. I just can't see him losing this fight, honestly. I'm betting 50K on him, uh, plus 120 to win 60K. Now, what did I do last week? I bet way too many bets, right? Even these ones, I would like to cut one of these down, but I'm not going to do it. I feel confident in these bets. I feel like the UFC has been hurting me lately. Boxing has been good to me with these bets, but we're going to see. I feel confident in this, but watch me come out of winning the boxing one, losing the two UFC ones, and coming out with 22K. But I'll take it. You know what? I'll take it, okay? Because slow and steady. Let's go. This has been the Mouthpiece Podcast. Bye. Bye.